Hello and welcome to another episode of Mini Buns, the podcast show within a podcast show. I am Jonah Colazzo. My name is Hoover Ramirez. And we got a good one for you today. We uh, Earlier this week, we had covered James Wan's Malignant. Yeah. And if you haven't heard that, go listen to it because we're going to talk a little bit more about it. I'd say go watch it first. Go go watch it first, <laughs> and then listen to it, then come back and listen to us again. Yeah. Really just kind of get the whole little piece of the pie. Yeah, that little arc. That little arc, that little story arc, man. The James Wan um, arc. The James Wan arc. <laughs> um, we watched that, and then we also covered uh, a while back uh, The Conjuring. Yeah. And we wanted to just kind of, we wondered, you know, how did James Wan as a director grow Maybe where did his pitfalls happen? So we're going to be today, if you haven't read the the title, we're going to be doing a director's breakdown, James Juan edition. Yeah, this is our first Juan. The first Juan. <laughs> we figured for our first Juan, we'll do James Juan. Or you keep saying Juan like if it's like Juan <laughs> know, like from I know, Mexico. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this is James Juan as in, I don't know what he is. I, I don't know what he is either. Um, he's Australian. He's, <laughs> he's Australian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to be breaking down uh, Three movies from James Wan It's going to be Saw His first movie uh, His biggest movie The Conjuring And his latest movie Malignant And we're just going to kind of go through We're going to look at the styling His uh, his tech The way he moves the camera The way he lights things And just overall execution How does he tell the story How does he direct actors And how does he world build At least that's what Jonah has. At least that's what I have. <laughs> I, I gave Hoover this, this layout, and he was like, cool. And then he virtually threw it in the trash. Uh, yeah. Uh, I didn't go as deep as Jonah. No worries. Uh, yeah. I have a lot here, but I honestly don't think I'm going to use all of it. I think I'm going to use like a quarter of everything. We'll see. We'll see, man. I, I also want to keep this episode time, man. I don't want to. This ain't no video essay. Yeah, this ain't no YouTube two-hour-long video essay, which I would be down to fucking watch. I have been. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a, what was it? That Superman breakdown? <laughs> the Superman, yeah. The canceled report. This the is not can- a canceled report. This is not report. a canceled report, man. Just, nothing's being canceled here. Uh, so we're going to go through it. And uh, Hoover, are you ready to to break down James Wan's directing arc? Yeah, but let's just break it down in one minute. <laughs> that makes sense, but all right. Alright, here we go. Because we're already two minutes in. Alright, cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's look at the the style of how he edits. Let's like the editing, the audio, and the set location for all three of these movies. Uh Saw, let me just give you the budgets real quick. Saw hat was made for uh one million dollars. Uh The Conjuring was made for twenty million, and Malignant astounding forty million dollars. So with all that information, what did you think about like the editing and 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 st- overall style of of each one of these movies? And 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 did you see a growth or did you see a, a pitfall or a lack of? Yeah, um, I'd say James Wan is a master of low budget films. He is. <laughs> That's how. Um, if if you hate him, at least you got to give him credit for that. Because mm-hmm. uh, with Saw, you, I saw somewhere online that some people had problem with the acting i'm like yeah for one million dollars that's what you're gonna get like <laughs> and it's not even that bad no really I, like there's malignant had worse acting but you know that's a different like also um spoiler for for all the saw franchise and uh conjuring franchise we might not get into it but you know there there might be talks comparisons about comparisons yeah. of 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 each movie and, and whatnot yeah 
Um, so just be on a, on a lookout for those spoilers. If you haven't watched them, go back, watch them. We also did two episodes on it. Go listen to those and then come back. Yeah. All right, uh, Hoover. Go ahead. Yeah, but going back to Salt Lake. Yeah, you got uh, Danny Glover, man. <laughs> I honestly totally forgot Danny Glover was in the movie. Yeah, I, I forgot that he was in there. He's in there. Not a lot, but he's in there. And I think he he really did a lot because, like, okay, one, he did in one setting, right, for the most part. Um, and then where he cut corners, that was in the editing because there's a lot of, like, what, what what would you call that? Quick shots and lighting and like flashes and yeah, it's 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 very like um, fast editing, cutting a lot of sync like a fast scenes. cut. Yeah. yeah, fast cuts to just imply that there is movement happening. Especially there's that one scene where like you know they're driving. Yeah. And then they're and it's <laughs> just this like, weird like <laughs> and they're just like shaking back and forth, and you can kind of just see that they're on a set of some sort. Yeah. And he's just shaking the camera to make it look like, oh, bringing it close, bringing it out. And it's just kind of, it's just a lot of noise to make it seem like there's something happening. Mm-hmm. And I'm then give credit editing. to the sound editing. Yeah, the sound editing also helped with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I can just imagine on set while you're recording. Like, there's no sound during that filming, right? So it's just Dan, <laughs> Danny, just <laughs> Riggs, Riggs, Riggs. Um, but I don't know. Like, I mean, I like compare this editing of just quick editing because. The issue with what, what I feel was the the issue is the fact that you know you don't have a lot going on with with actors. Mm. Your main actors that you would want to have something like like that can push the movie are chained up in one room, and anybody else that can possibly you know cause the movie to feel like it's moving forward or progressing has no real goals to make it progress or move. Yeah, shout out to Lay Lay Okay, how do you pronounce that? What are you talking about? Lay Wanell. Oh, Lay Wanell. Yeah, and they carry <laughs> they carry mm-hmm. this movie. They just like in one setting, and yeah. If if there was one any like you know topic of like you know acting situation, I would say it's it's uh, Winnell's like acting. Oh yeah, he's more of a writer. Yeah, and even then, like, well, I mean, we'll talk about like the writing and stuff on this mm-hmm. movie, but I, he has issues with that too. Um. But I don't know, like, compare, compare the editing to this movie and, and, like, let's just say, let's even say, like, like, like Malignant. Mm-hmm. He actually does a pretty good job in Malignant to, and how he, he edits and how he moves his camera. Compare that to, to the soft French, or at least that first movie. Um, there is a lot of quick editing to make it feel like it's moving fast when we're really doing nothing but just clipping back and forth between these two rooms yeah and it would get boring mm-hmm. and so i i kind of see that he's he's using it to hide a little bit of that yeah and and it's smart but i mean you watch it now and it's just like fuck i'm i'm so confused man <laughs> like oh, not no, confused yeah. but just like man i got like a headache just Watching us edit back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And now we're in a different location. Yeah, the someone said online. I forget what. They, oh, they said uh, it's a little dated, even for the time. Yes, uh, and I'm like, yeah, but I mean, Saw is still pretty good overall. It is, um, yeah. and and it's surprising to see like that's the start of the movie. It's it's not very gory. No, it's not. It's, it's not, not heavy. It's, I don't know where they were going with that. It went off the rails a little bit. Some people hate James Wan because they, oh, he started Torch Promo. Not really. It was just everyone else after him because I think he just directed the first one. I yep. mean, he, he produced and like wrote some of the other ones, but for the most part, he, yeah, he didn't. 
direct them, I think. Mm-mm. Um, it was, he only directed the first one. Yeah. So, it was, and even like, like even some of the gore shit that like, that everyone assumes that it's in there, like him cutting off his own foot. It's like, you see him start it and then it immediately clips away to, uh, to the other guy's, you know, reaction to it. Mm-hmm. And that's all you see. Yeah. So it was, it was really interesting how they just went a total di- different direction. I mean, I think they got bigger budgets mm-hmm. and wanted to show that. And, you know, James Wan's a fan of horror, so. He is. Like, he appreciates the kills and the gr- gruesomeness. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. Um, but, but again, I just get a good, you got to give the guy credit for the budget. Uh, yes. But going to um, now a bigger budget in The Conjuring. 20 million. Yeah. It was still pretty nice. I think it flowed well. It's it's a very it's it's very smooth editing and very smooth camera work and honestly, watching the first literal ten minutes of it, yeah. he tells you everything you need to know. He sets up the 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 power struggle. He sets up the the scares, and you haven't even touched the actual story that the movie's about. Yeah, and that is smart. You get introduced to Ed and Lorraine. Mm-hmm. You you already open with a case. Mm-hmm. It's still pretty scary. He he shows you how he wants to scare you in in using sound and lighting together. Yeah, and I think that's why I like him a lot. Um, I like that he uses the lack of sound mm-hmm. and the loud booms. Yeah, and and, and I like I really like where he I really liked it was in Insidious, but we're not talking about Insidious. No, we're not. But I really want to get into that one day. Um, but The Conjuring, I'm I liked it. I like that tension because that's tension mm-hmm. he's building. Uh, some people might not like like it because it's just overall throughout the franchises and everything it's overused. Mm-hmm. But in the Conjuring, if we're just talking about the Conjuring, I think he uses it well. Yeah, and yeah, I also like the <laughs> the camera work. Like he has some interesting angles. Like I think uh, I should have wrote that down, but there was like was one scene he's just like following. Oh, I think the mom is on walking through the house. And then it kind of flips to the upstairs where someone else is walking. Is it that opening where where they're moving in and and you as the camera are like technically a like a like a mover? And he's just, and the dad's like you know oh go put that down over there in in the living room and then it just continues tracking with like the daughters and then it comes it swings back around and tracks another daughter and they're playing and then it swings back upstairs and then the mom's upstairs walking around. Is it that scene? Because that that's an amazing scene. It's no, literally it the is. beginning. No, yeah, no, it is. No, but it's not that one. I think it's like somewhere like later in the film where okay. they're just like, like, where's oh, it's um, it's around the time where and it was like through the through the climax. They're at the house. Mm-hmm. The mom's gonna you know do the deed, and then they're like, where's um, the the April or April? Or yeah, where's April? Where's April? And then like yeah, it was, I think it was somewhere around there but either way yeah just with that scene though i like how he's just showing you the house like very quickly he's quickly laying out like the ground plans and and, and the, the the battlefield basically he's laying pretty it out. much yeah he's pretty much just showing you the land uh and it's just like i think and most horror films will just be like like someone just walking by themselves just like oh man this is a crazy husband but they like, know he just makes it a little like a little bright mm-hmm. and fun and just shows you very quickly where everything's at yeah I, I completely agree. Like in 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 a way, it kind of gives the house almost a character like feeling too. Like you like you kind of like see a house in horror movies. It feels very flat, mm-hmm. 
Like, yeah, you have maybe stairs you can run up and down, or you have a back door you can exit out of. But overall, like, I, 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 when I watch The Conjuring and I'm looking at how he, he lays out the geography of, of the house, somebody's in the kitchen. Like, I already know. You got to go through the kitchen, then you got to go through, like, a yeah. little dining area, yeah. then you get to the living room. And it's like, I already know where everybody is in this house. And, and it feels like the house has life in it. And I like how they use the hiding clap. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's a very smart way of how he lays out a scene and how he, he moves his camera through it. Think about it. He's showing you the, the how we said the land. Mm-hmm. He's showing you the at least the bond with the family. Uh, and he's showing you something like a little foreshadowing of a scare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> It's like um, a Chekhov's gun. Like, oh, why show us this stupid game they play? A Chekhov's hand. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, what about I like the 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 audio? We talked a little bit about the editing. We talked about the the the, the sets of the of the movies. What about the audio? We're talking about like music, sound, the uh, atmospheric sounds. Uh, I can't remember Saw. Saw Saw had had maybe one. Like legitimate music, like actual composed music. Was it just like the saw theme over and like played slowly and? Yeah, it, there was that, and then I would say like that's more of like your sound or, or atmospheric sound. Mm-hmm. Um, but actual like music wise, there is maybe one song, and it's literally at the end yeah. for the credits. But like, I mean, what is it called? Like, like the Conjuring has, I think, like a total of like three established music pieces. Yeah, there's one that stood out. I'm like, why are you? playing this it's when they're playing uh when they're setting up all the cameras and stuff it was just kind of like a beat one Mm -hmm. but then it's like you're like this is a little off but then if you hear the lyrics it's like oh i'm watching you or something yeah okay (laughs) that's why you watch movies with subtitles it helps (laughs) yeah um i don't know when like when he comes to music i feel like he he he's not a little too subtle with his music choices Mm -hmm. And I, I, I believe, did he, he do Conjuring 2? Yeah. Okay, because there, there is a scene in the Conjuring 2 and, and where he's using, like, London Calling. I think it's the Rolling Stones' London, uh, London Calling. Okay. Or, or I think it's The Clash. Um, when they go over to London, it's that, like, London Calling. Okay, yeah. Right? It's such a on-the-nose, like, what do we, like, learn from that song? Well, we're in London, and that's yeah. about it. Uh-huh. You know, and and like he, I think he's very on the nose with wh- how he chooses music, but how he uses like sound in general mm-hmm. is is freaking pre- impressive. No, yeah, like it, it it immerses you into the world very well. It, if like the acting is not covering it enough for you, or if like you know the set is not cool enough, like it's like he knows how to use his sound at least. Yeah, because you're just like seeing. Oh, like okay, the, like uh, the one scene that comes into mind is uh, the mom. Mm-hmm. She hears like a. Um, <clears throat> uh, she's just walking around the house. It's mm-hmm. like oh, like she hears like something like okay, girls. I told you to go to sleep, and she's walking around the house. She checks on the girls. She's like, all right, that's weird. And she, you just like, but again, like it's scary. Like the house is dark. Everyone's sleeping. She's alone. Mm-hmm. Creates more attention because you, you don't know who's around. Yeah, and so like okay, is there going to be a demon behind that door? Is it where is it at? Mm-hmm. Or whatever ghost, and then all of you, she's just like checking on the girls, like, oh, that's crazy, and you, you just hear, Psh! 
and you're hearing the, the the pictures falling. Yeah, and she's just like, "Well, that's crazy." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then again, like she, she's going down the stairs, and right? And she's like, "Oh shit!" Like, <laughs> yeah, um, he he knows how to to pinpoint a sound, and, and he also knows how to not only just pinpoint a sound and then really drive it home to make a make a scare happen, mm-hmm. but he also knows how to when to use complete silence yeah and and i think he you get a perfect example of that in the conjuring when they there it's that one night where 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 the girl's getting yanked on by her feet oh yeah and she looks under her bed and then she sees that there's something behind the door and then the the sister goes to close it or he she opens it to kind of show like hey nothing's back there and it's building this like intensive yeah you keep hearing like yeah, like there's a, a heavy breathing. There's 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 atmospheric like rising and rising, and then out of nowhere it just and it's just quiet. Yeah, and then the door slams, then, and yeah. it's like whoa! Like I was not expecting it to go silent and then immediately jump onto me. And going back to the camera work, he does the misdirection thing a lot too. Misdirection a lot. I like that. Okay, yeah, it steps up like a jump scare. But also, it's building you tension, and people don't get that because I, I saw a lot of people like, "Oh, I hate the, I hate how it's oh, uh, quiet, quiet, boom, boom." Like, yeah, I'm like, but yeah, okay. And then everyone's keep everyone. The other thing that everyone keeps saying is like, "Oh, he, he like the Conjuring." Oh, it looked like really good, but then it was like just all your normal cliches, like "Oh, banging on the wall," "Oh, opening doors," but it's just how he does it. Yeah, if you and- look at it like that, then. Yeah, everything like all the movies are have cliches, in them. Mm-hmm. but if you, it's just how you use it, and I think that's why I appreciate him. And um, honestly, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not saying that he did it first, yeah. but he revamped it in a way that that he he made you afraid of the sound before you were afraid of what was making the sound. Yeah, and sure, a lot of people are using it like today, and maybe they're overusing the the, the jump scare of like. Bang! What was that? Oh shit! That got me. Yeah, you know. And then, but it's it's he. You watch that movie, and he's using it not as like a as a scare. Maybe it does scare you, but it's a total use of misdirect. And he's using it. He's because he's already laid out certain things. Just with sound alone, you can already feel that. From where I'm standing, that person is maybe, I don't know, two feet away from from the character. And now he's downstairs. Oh shit! Like you could literally in your mind, you can follow the sound of the person knocking the pictures down the the, the stairs. Now he's in the kitchen. Now you can follow it. Yeah, um, and you're pretty much describing. Uh, we haven't really got into malignant. No, but I think it's just because we kind of covered it. So. Yeah, we we did. We jumped on it a little bit. More. Um, but um, it uh, in malignant. He doesn't do it too much because that's a diff- way different film than these two. Uh, but uh, um. In the beginning, wherein the husband is just like, he's just like sleeping. He just hears something in the kitchen. You're like, oh, you're like, oh, well, crap. And then he goes in. There's just like nothing. But then he hears something in the living room. You're like, oh, what the hell is that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> My favorite scare of that movie is just the. There's like a figure on the couch, mm-hmm. and like the husband's like, who the? He turns on the light, gone. Yeah. And then it sets up, and then you know, eventually we get the scare. He's like, ah, and he dies. Right. But it's just how that all happened. It's just you don't know yeah. when when it's going to come. You don't, and that's but, what I like about it. But he does almost in a similar way. That's like it, you're following the sound, and it's scary. Yeah, and and it's making you want to like lean in and and see where it's coming from. 
Or lean back if you're scared. <laughs> or lean back <laughs> if you're scared, you but know? it's 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 not letting you look away. Yeah, you're tensing. It's up. definitely not letting you because you've already been you've you've already been audio. You've been like through your ears. You've been satisfied. Now you want to see it visually, yeah. and it's not going to let you look away. And he's smart with how he uses that. Um, going to to malignant and how he uses like music. I would say he does a lot of awkward violin streaks. I don't know if you caught that. Like he does that just, throughout. Yeah, he does that in I think Conjuring. Not at least in this one. I th- but I think he does in two, and I for sure he does it in Insidious. Mm-hmm. He plays. He it's uses a violin. Like a lot of string. Like, like well, yeah. obviously I can't do it, but you know what I mean. Uh, it, it almost kind of like it, it, it wants to evoke Halloween, almost. Kind of like when when as Michael once you first see Mike My uh, Mike Myers Michael Myers. <laughs> Shrek himself. Shrek himself. Once you see that fat ass screenshot. <laughs> when you see Michael Myers, you you hear the the Halloween theme. Oh, the theme. Like, dun, dun, yeah, dun, yeah, and you kind of hear like that, like the 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 string, and you hear the piano like crescendoing, and you know he's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, or or you, it kind of gives it like the psycho feel of, of the shower scene. The ring 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 ring. Oh, I get you. Like you know, the presence is there. The presence is there through sound. And I feel like he tries to do that with Malignant and these heavy violin, like, and you're kind of getting it, but it's like, it's, it's the, the reason why those other examples work is because it's time to a, it's time to a killing in, 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 in cycle, you're seeing it happen and it's cut in a way it's shot in a way where it's tight shots quick editing and it feels like almost like a knife that's coming at you you don't see where it's coming from but you know you're just visually getting stabbed and and it's working with it and through its timing it's the, but the way he uses in malignant it's very flat you're you're seeing these heavy stringy sounds over just someone is just lying there dead and it's like it's you're not using it to your best effect you know what i'm saying mm. Because, well, yeah, if you're going for, like, horror, yeah. But, again, like, um, I got kind of confirmation that he was going for camp. <laughs> oh, he a, is? Yeah, he is. So, like, in, oh. and that way it does make sense. Um, yeah, I found, I was going to bring it up. Um, he's not doing, like, a, a Tommy Wiseau where he's just like, no, it's supposed to be terrible. <laughs> like, no, I mean, yeah, he, I mean, it is supposed to be, like, funny and, like, awkward and stuff. But uh, mm. where is that? Because, um... Thanks to Chris Tuckman, Stuckman, oh, uh, good old Stuck, you know. Uh, <laughs> he he's, he actually said, "Oh, thank thank you, uh, Chris Wan, Chris Wan, <laughs> James Wan, because he wants to make a movie like that." And he's just like, "Well, if a big name like you can do it, maybe I can too." Leaning into the the campy parody kind of feel of it all. Yeah, he, um, James Wan said, "I don't quite know how to describe this." Next one, except I wanted to take this opportunity in between my two big fishy films to do something smaller and different, a genre, a genre bender blender that harks back to my gritty indie root. It's an original story, but inspired by my love for uh, a bunch of uh, directors, Baba Argento, De Palma, Cronenberg, and the kind of 80s horror thrillers you would discover on the back shelves of video stores. So, like. Okay. I mean, you when you put it in that perspective... It does work, and, but overall, I don't know. And he says, don't go and expecting The Conjuring. This is a different beast. Which I think where you got let, because I was listening to that podcast, I think where you got let down is the trailer. 
Yeah. It, the trailer, and I also agreed because I watched the trailer, you know, I watched the trailer after the film. And, <laughs> like, I'm like, because then the trailer sets up how what you're expecting. But then, again, like, even Chris Tuckman was saying, like, how do you, if, it, if it's supposed to be on purpose, like the, the camp, how do you market that? Do you count? Because yeah. it's not a horror comedy, but it's like, it's supposed to be straight, but it's not, like, you know, totally, like, horror. It's supposed to be a little funny, but not mm-hmm. completely funny. So how do you market that? And I think so. They, I think the the marketing team is like, fuck it, let's just do another conjuring, like <laughs> another like, conjuring. Yeah, you know, like people, you know. And so I'm like, oh, you know what? Yeah, that totally makes sense. But like, that's what I was thinking too. I'm like, well, how do you market? It's not a scary movie, like you know, like not Mm-mm. the parody movies, you know, like yeah. scary movie one, two, three, four, five. Uh, and it, but it's not like the conjuring either. So I'm like, well, how do you? It's it's a weird tropey movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that's why I think um, even um, Stuckman was saying like that's what. Uh, like um, film companies don't make those kind of movies because they don't know how to market it. Yeah, you don't see that a lot. Like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I, I mean, looking at it from that perspective, it, it in in a way the movie does work. Yeah, and I guess um, yeah, it, it is a an issue from how it was marketed. But I mean, I think I watched the trailer maybe once when it first came out, and and I saw it in a theater. And that's why I just couldn't just not look at it. No, yeah, yeah. And so when I went into the movie, I was expecting, you know, I was open to expect whatever I was. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it's weirdly a mashing of two different films, it almost feels like. Yeah, because, um, and you kind of forget, like, James Wan, I think, like, uh, like, kind of comedy has always been there like even with saw mm-hmm. and the conjuring not so much the conjuring because that was more like a serious but there family. is still light moments no yeah there's light moments so you kind of forget like oh james Wan's just horror mm-hmm. like, no he, he, always, he actually plays into like the light moments too mm-hmm. and but, but i mean malignant didn't have any light moments it was just un weirdly timed I, comedy yeah uh, like <laughs> if it was trying to lean into into its comical like aspect of the movie I honestly would say that it kind of fails at doing that too. Because, I mean, it feels like it wants to play it so serious that it's like we're not working by playing it so serious with these comical moments. But these comical moments aren't funny enough to be like, someone's going to laugh at this. If they're going to laugh, it's going to be because like, they're expecting something else and we're not giving it to them and they're disappointing laughing. Yeah. And, and that's why I was just like, it's hard to say that like people knew that they were going to go into watching it this way or even these actors and filmmakers crew knew that they were going to be portraying this movie in a certain way. No, oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's why I'm like, uh, if you start leaning into the movie and watching it not seriously, it just, like, you, you start to see everything like, oh, that's, oh, I'm really starting to enjoy this movie. But if you're going... Again, like if you're just thinking like another scary movie, James Wan, then you're just going to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, <laughs> I'm just trying to make sure everyone's like on the same page with Malignant because like, yeah, I don't want anyone to get disappointed because I honestly, like, I, I went when I rewatched Malignant, there was one thing I, I really wanted to try to find where the moments I missed that were good because mm-hmm. I honestly, I felt like I shit on the movie when we did our review mm-hmm. and there are some things that are really good in the movie. I know we talk crap about the the two cops, but rewatching it, the two cops are the only thing that really work in this movie yeah. for me. A little bit, and, yeah. and I honestly could see that this could have been maybe like a TV show yeah. 
where the two cops were like maybe like the MIB for supernatural encounters. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, pretty like, much Ed and Lorraine, but yeah. Ed and Lorraine, but, but cops. cops. <laughs> yeah, like it's a weird, like honestly, like I, I when I'm, because it's like you, 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 it honestly feels like the two cops are. Because it, it feels like a crime in, drama, right? It, it feels like, like a crime drama. Like CSI, but like horror. Yes. <laughs> and it feels like, honestly, like the cops are in their own world of, mm. of a movie. Yeah. And then you have everybody else who's in this weird hybrid of tropey haunted house slasher movie and a whodunit mystery crime solving situation. Yeah. And it and it's a weird mashup that doesn't work, but at the same time, the only thing that does really work are these fucking cops. And I could totally see them making a TV show by James Wan, where he, it's these two cops and they're solving, and it's like literally a an entire police department dedicated to solving, um, like supernatural supernatural experiences. Yeah, especially with like the 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 quirky evidence detective person the the crime analyst that that just kind of is always there mm-hmm. like i could see her being this like kind of sidekick character in a show day-to-day watching it wait the fake wanda sykes no 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 not oh. not the two partners but there's that one crime analyst that's like always like got the hots for the main uh cop oh yeah the one who's i just said, a little too goofy the quirky girl yeah that i said i'm like oh, i really like her. you're like nah I you were just like not it. having it. I was just not having it. But the minute I saw it from that perspective of of maybe this could be like a crime show, but supernatural crime show, I love her character now. I rewatched it and I was just like, I would love to see her every week kind of being this weird like on first, the f- person on site first and is like, hey, we got another one. And she's just very happy-go-lucky. We're in we're in some weird de- demon shit, and she's just happy go lucky about it Guys, all. Someone's neck broke, but it's crazy. Yeah, it's <laughs> weird. Like this was a weird one. Like you know, like I could see uh, that happening, yeah. and and it being like them being a very serious crime drama show, and everyone doesn't know what the fuck is going on. Like because just a bunch no of one, teas. yeah. <laughs> Seeing it from that perspective, though, I, I could see it from that. No, yeah. Uh, that's why I'm like I enjoyed it because I at first I was like with you I'm like critic eye and I'm like this is shit movies horrible mm-hmm. but then I started to like I started just like leaning into it it was just fun anyways uh but I want to get st- talk about characters I want to talk about characters in all three films that's I think where James Wan's weakness is a little bit um the characters are just a little flat for me or I don't in care all of them and saw I didn't care for any of them Fair enough. like I like you know they're all shitty people. Okay. Uh, Conjuring, I like the family dynamic, mm-hmm. but I didn't get enough enough depth to I just like I just got the family as a whole. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to like oh why should I care about the mom? Yeah, or why should I care about the daughter or whatever? Because there's like I mean it's a big cast right there just with the family. It is. So I I kind of get like they can't go into each story, but yeah. Um, and then malignant, well malignant is just. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I um, I mean, going off of just, like, overall cast and acting and, and how he story builds for them, I I think my biggest issue with, like, something like Saw is... The reason why I was kind of surprised with Saw is the fact that I thought a lot of these actors were kind of like... Except for, like, maybe Danny Glover and, 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 and Carrie Ellis. I think that's how you say his last name? The main character? Yeah. Um, Carrie Ellis? I want to say so. Um, I knew that they were, you know, 
pretty well-established actors. But I, for some reason, thought, like, oh, no, everybody else is, like, kind of, like, this is, like, their first big movie or first, like, kind of go-around at it. I was kind of wrong. Like, everybody has done a couple of things before this movie, and some of those were, like, Law and Order. They were on TV shows. They were in big movies that were, like, way before Saw happened. Even the little girl. Like, I was like, this little girl seems familiar, and she, like, carried the family man. The Nicolas Cage movie? That was her. The family man. Yeah, the the Nicolas Cage Christmas movie where he kind of like, he goes back and like sees what his life could have been. Oh, um, I know that's a, not a parody, but you know, a, a spinoff of yeah. the actual story. Yeah, um, I just can't find him with the family man, so I'll just take your word for it. Yeah, she, she well, she's, uh, she's. Oh, found it. Yeah, she's the daughter in that movie. Jeremy Piven, Don Cheadle. Yeah. Um, she's, she's in that as is like his daughter of what it could have been. And, uh, and she honestly carries a lot of the emotional moments between him and her. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, no, this kid knows what she's doing too. Like I, I was very surprised at how wooden almost everybody's acting is in Saw. in Saw. Yeah. And, and it's like, it feels almost like you were robbed of like everybody being a good actor. <laughs> especially a little bit like of Danny Glover like Danny Glover is a little bit like he's a little over the top Danny Glover yeah and not in a good way and I don't know if that's also on purpose because like you know this is a low budget so like obviously I think they knew they're like it's gonna look funny with the especially with the editing with the fast cuts and like Danny Glover driving but see I feel like laughing at that I I feel like that was more of a Evan of a need later on but in the moment of acting, I, I feel like you have these big name actors. You could use them and, and build very strong character foundations where we care for them. Mm-hmm. You know, Danny Glover kind of becomes like the villain of Saw in a little bit away. You find out that the reason why uh, the guy Adam is following Dr. Lawrence oh, is because Danny Glover doesn't kind of trust him enough. And then he's also a victim because his partner died. So he's this weird kind of almost like anti-hero slash villain of a movie. I mean, he's not really not really a villain. No, he's definitely not. But like, I mean, there, he's 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 involved in a certain way. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't portray him as a good person. And and I would say like you could have used Danny Glover in a way that that would help f- make you feel for that. Like you could would it see help both if sides. He was in the room. Danny Glover in the room. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen Danny Glover in there. <laughs> Can you imagine fucking tall ass Danny Glover waking up in that tiny little bathtub <laughs> with a saxophone? Man, that that yeah. the the lethal weapon saxophone playing. Yeah, I just feel like he'd be like, like "Oh, let's sell our feet off!" Like, no, what the fuck are you thinking? Like, just like, oh wait, Danny Glover has jigsaw. Oh, oh. hey, <laughs> just like, what could have been? What could have been? Could have been. No, nah, because then it would have been like something racist. Like, oh, the black man has to be bad. Yeah. Game over. <laughs> Riggs. Riggs. It's always Riggs. Just always Riggs. I told you I'd be coming back for you, Riggs. <laughs> As he's getting up, get too old for this shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just gasping, like, like taking off his like. <laughs> all his little like prosthetics and stuff. Oh, oh fuck. Damn, what could have been? What, what could have fucking been? A fan cast saw. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, no, going back to like just the the overall acting and storytelling, um The Conjuring does have have suffer from the issue of being such a big cast that you don't 
get everybody's perspective on on what the situation is to the point where when things start really picking up and like the exorcism needs to happen and and everything needs to kind of crescendo into this like big climax Do you say christian though crescendo oh <laughs> i thought that was like a you know catholic christian like no crescendo like no crescendo a little is, joke yeah a little um, dad joke no. <laughs> <laughs> um when everything finally kind of goes off they literally take like majority of the the, of the daughters and they just leave them in a hotel room <laughs> yeah oh stay here stay here everyone we else <laughs> everybody else let's go all the everybody- important <laughs> actors please report to the house <laughs> yeah, very much so and like you can kind of see like like i mean they they double up a lot of the characters or at least for the daughters it's like you see that that the two young ones the two the young two ones, ones the two middle ones the two older ones yeah they kind of double them up in a way that's like you don't get an individual story you get a little group story between the two hey what did i was gonna, very quickly i just want to point it out was there like a little romantic connection between their like uh ed and lorraine's assistant and one of the daughters definitely Okay, but they never went back to it, huh? They never go back to it. Okay. But he kind of is like hitting, weirdly, he's kind of like hitting on all of them. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of a weird, like, if you kind of notice, like, yeah. he's like talking to, like, the, the, the oldest one in a weird, like, oh, what, what do you do for them? Oh, stop it. And then he, like, see him, like, while they go out for ice cream, he's talking to, like, the second oldest, and she's even kind of, like, leaning on him and, like, oh, you're funny. Kind of, like, and I'm just like, this is, this guy is, like, trying to fuck. All of those people in here, and I'm like, "Oh, this is not good." He starts grooming them. No, He's, it seems like it. Like she's just got a little. He's a little too handsy with them. I don't know, man. Uh, um, I don't know. Maybe. Well, okay. Maybe he was just trying to. You know, like they're trying to have fun. He was just, you know, trying to brighten up today. I guess. I don't know. But yeah, no. The thing that stuck out to me was like the, like because they never go back to it they or don't. anything. I'm like, why even do it then? I don't know. And then also, they bring it gives that. the older daughters other than than. Being there, also, a reason to be they, there. Kind of, they kind of just throw in characters because I'm like the assistant came out of nowhere. He does, the, uh, Drew. The yeah, Drew the the cop. Just, yeah, the cop. Why does he need to be there? Um, I kind of get the girls though, like the daughters, because like they just want it. Like, okay, we can't go in depth with all the characters, so we're just gonna say, oh, there's a big family. See how? And they keep going to that one moment, the beach moment. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, oh, okay, that's why. Because if it was yeah. just two daughters, I'm like, oh, who cares? Like. Yeah, but if it's like a big family, you know, like oh, we we don't have any money to move. Yeah, like you, so, like little things like that. I feel that that's why you care for them as a whole. Yeah, you definitely do, but not like individual. Like I don't care if that daughter dies. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> like you know, you well, got enough. Let that one go. Like okay, you got five, man. Stop being greedy. Let the devil have one. <laughs> 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 Come on, man. Um, and then moving over to to malignant with. With with the acting and storytelling, I don't know. Like, I mean, I get that now we understand that, that he wanted to do a very satire-ish take on, on the horror genre, I want to say. Yeah. I guess you could say it's satire. I don't know if it is. Um, camp. Camp. There you go. You can you, the, the B-movie feel. Yeah. And, I mean, watching it that way, like, it works. But, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like... The thing that makes a B movie feel fun and and worth watching is because they're using what resources they have mm-hmm. to work with. Yeah, they're on the tightest of budgets, making reusing sets, making people wear their own clothes as costumes. Yeah. They're doing what they can 
to make a serious movie. Mm-hmm. They want to be taken serious. And sure, maybe it's a little dated and a little campy and it's a little kind of funny to look at. But you could see that there's some real... like they're, Yeah, they're trying. They're really trying. They got heart. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's where this movie doesn't work in a way. Because it's, it's $40 like, million. Dollars. It's $40 million. It's James Wan that just came off of doing like two, three double uh, huge box office films. Yes. <laughs> and then you go... Oh no! It's it's supposed to be campy. It's supposed to feel like it's it has no budget. Then why did you do it for like forty fucking million dollars? Where did that, it go? Oh, I think I know. Oh, I was because I think we said it off air. I know where that went. Where did it go? The CGI effects. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, because come on, man, that, that's just like, dude, that's almost like Matrix. Like it is. It's a weird <laughs> fucking way of like the way the thing moves. Yeah, it's just. I'm like, and then also, I mean, it kind of works though, because like you, we never seen that. Have you seen that? I've never seen that. Seen someone walk backwards. The only thing and, I can think of is like The Exorcist. Yeah, I guess, but not like running and freaking shooting people. And that's hard, man. <laughs> Have you ever tried scratching your own back? Yeah, it's, it's not easy. I can't. Yeah, you know the PE thing where you're like, oh, re- make your hands reach behind your back or something. Like, I can't do that. Your flexibility tests. Yeah, your flexibility mm-hmm. tests. I always failed it. It's not my fault I have a big build. I, you, you know what? Got too much, I got too much muscle, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, uh, too much muscle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got too much muscle, man. I can't yeah. I can't flex like that. Yeah, man. It's um, bulky. <laughs> I got sold some. at Costco. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, like, I mean, going back to how he, he, he deals with the, the characters... There's just such a weird flat, no depth of of character development, and it feels malignant, right? And malignant, okay. and it feels weird. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, I don't know. Like it, it, it should have been them trying to be serious, and and it be almost either shoot it for less, like purposely put yourself in that situation and shoot it for less, and try to make a serious movie. Or, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I, it's a do, weird hybrid. Do you think? I mean, maybe it's not James Wan's. I mean, I don't know how they you know, do the budget and everything, but I'm assuming like the, the film companies just go, "Hey, man, we're gonna give you this much." Mm-hmm. And James Wan's like, "Okay." <laughs> yeah, I don't think he asked for forty million. No, but he if, he if definitely he's going, if he's trying to go back to his indie roots, and like you know, honestly, if he self funded this, I would have had a little bit more respect. But I don't think it was so respect. Fun. You don't respect him for this? Just the, the <laughs> overall project. Okay. I, I think I would have respected the project a lot more if he if it came out to say, like, no, he self-funded this because he wants to go back to this, like, the roots of how he came up. And I was like, you know what? I could respect that. Even if it's not the best movie, if we still got what we got and he self-funded it, I would have still put a little respect on it and been like, hey, but he did it himself. That's true. You know? He had to go fund me. If he had to go fund himself, yeah, go I mean, fund, <laughs> go fund me. <laughs> you know, well, this ass is millionaire for a go fund. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, um, but yeah, like I mean, you got forty millions to throw out, and it's like everything you could see is set is shot on a set, and it just feels like you didn't need to go here. I got to say, throughout these films, I feel like he's like the Dom Toretto of horror. Okay. Because almost all of them have, like, a, at least some kind of family dynamic. Fair enough. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. He does family a lot. Family. Family. 
like Insidious. I, I can't remember Dead Silence, but he's you know. Saw had that like you know, oh my, I'm cheating on them, but you know my family. Yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> Aquaman. You know he has father. What was he father, has father issues? He has, yeah, mother. He issues, has mother right. issues. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Insidious was all family malignant. All family based. Yeah. Oh, especially like oh, we're not blood, but the blood was in front of me all the time. Thank that you. still makes me laugh. <laughs> you know what? Let's let's tackle his writing. Yeah, honestly, because I think it's pretty solid. It's it's not bad. It's not. It's I, okay. It's not like um, my bad. It's not like um, what's his face? Six Sense. M Night Shyamalan. Yeah, it's not like that bad. No, it's definitely not. Like I mean, I we can't really compare like Saw because he didn't write it. He didn't write it. That guy, the Lin Manuel. Yeah, Lin Manuel. Lin Manuel wrote it himself. I forget how to say. I thought they co-wrote. They no, he I or, think or did uh, James Wan do the story and then? No, actually, he wrote both of them because originally Saul was like the seventeen-minute film that that the guy that plays Adam wrote and James Wan directed, and then they took that and then they made it into a feature-length movie for Saul, the actual movie with what's his name writing it, and then I think in the second movie, I think James Wan was story. He he wrote yeah. the story and then they had someone else write the actual script. Yeah, I'm looking at his um filmography. Yeah, he the 2003 which is a short film. He he wrote he did kind of write it, but then in the second one like the official one, he was just story. Mm. So yeah, pretty much what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> so like I mean, you can't compare it to that because that script it, it has major flaws and I don't think it's it's fair to judge him by it. But it's such a weird comparison when you go The Conjuring, which I think is very well written. You 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 feel that there's a push and pull of, of good and evil and dynamic and struggle. Wait, did he write The Conjuring? He wrote The Conjuring. It says he didn't. Nah. This is by Chad Hayes. He was in Story? Carrie Hayes. Um, I could have sworn that I saw that, 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 that James Wan wrote it. Not sure. Uh... Where I'm looking at it says no. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Either way, let's talk about it since we're... Yeah, because I mean, I know that he wrote wrote Malignant. Mm -hmm. And whether or not he he wrote it or not, because it's... I don't know. Like, it's just a weird comparison of like... I don't know. He... he, the, The writing in Malignant is just so... First draft feeling. And and it's very... Like uh, here, here, here's a big scene. Here, here's one that that really upset me, and and I, the way I heard it, when when the the what's her name, Maddie, yeah, just had had her like third or fourth miscarriage. like miscarriage, and and the 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 officer is trying to like get questions, and then her sister comes in and she's dressed like a princess. Yeah, he was like, okay, well, you know, what do you know about your sister? And he's like, oh, well, her boyfriend or her husband kept us apart. You know, it, it happened like that. You know, I never got to see her once they got married. And then she's like, oh, well, you know, she's had a miscarriage before, three within this past year. And she's like, I don't know why she wouldn't tell me. And so it's like, because you just said that her boyfriend kept you from her. Like, <laughs> like what? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, it was just a weird, like, situation of, like. Well, I feel like, you know, like, if, if you're getting beaten, 
and having miscarriages, I feel like you at least try to reach out, like right. Yeah, or or like, but I'm just saying, like the the feeling of like you you just gave a reason why you were you have no contact with her, and then you question why you have no contact with her. I think he wrote my bad. Going back to the writing, uh, he I think he wrote the Conjuring two. He wrote the Conjuring two. Yeah. Okay. But not the first one. Not the first one. Okay, because I was I was gonna give so much praise to that first one as <laughs> as a writer, I was really gonna give so much praise to it. I can't believe I overlooked that one. Hmm. Um, At least if if I'm reading it correctly, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. So like, I don't know. Like, just just the overall story of 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 going from like the Conjuring to here, and especially when you you just brought up like you know like it is very set around family situations. Mm-hmm. It's weird that that how he directed the story for a family that's being haunted and a family that's that's dealing with this strange past, it doesn't carry over. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like it could have been the same thing. I don't know. What were your takes on that? Uh, on Malignant, I felt... If you're going to play... Like, if you're going to say, um, okay, it's a, it's a sister movie. Let's just say it's a sister movie. It, well, I mean, it is, but... Um, I, f- I would have built more of a bond. Mm-hmm. Between them, because what you're just getting is just, oh, I care about you, whoa! But like, not really showing it, you because you're just like saying it, like you, mm-hmm. by just being there, I guess. Yeah, and tr- being up in your sister's business and like looking up stuff for her, and mm-hmm. but not really any sister moments. Yeah, where where if we built that like the whole movie, just like oh, I care about you, sis. Like here, like I don't know. And then if you get that last line, which is god awful, but it's terrible. But yeah, I'm like, I, at least I would have been more made sense. Oh, like, oh, mm-hmm. that's cool. You get some kind of like, like closure on on that. Like, um, uh, in the Conjuring, like, okay, they keep building on this moment. Of, oh, I'll never forget this moment. Oh, mm-hmm. it was a great moment on the beach. And then at the end, like, look, dude, you gotta remember, it's your family. This is your daughter. Don't kill her. And then it's like, <laughs> she just gets a flashback, and she's like, oh, my family. Mm-hmm. It's my daughter. I love these guys. I'm not gonna kill him. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you know, that made like a sweeter moment, actually. And you know what? The second time I'm like, I know how it's gonna happen. I, th- I actually I forgot that the mom lives. I thought she dies. <laughs> I'm <laughs> like, oh, well, she's she's far too gone. Yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> just, just let, her, let her die. Bury yeah. the boy. <laughs> uh, but now I'm like, oh yeah, she does live. Um, but you know, like you get that. I'm like, I'm like, oh, that's. I kind of I kind of teared up. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. lie. So, but like since you built, we see them playing hide and tag. And we um, hide and clap. hide and clap. We see them do like a bunch of like family bonding, so like it made sense yeah. to get that final moment, but not in malignant. And then Saul, uh, you kind of get that. It's a weird working backwards situation. Yeah, so it's kind of hard to say in Saw, but yeah, um, at least between malignant and conjuring, mm-hmm. that, that's what I got. Fair enough. Um, if we'll close this episode out with, with this there's like a lot we haven't even gotten into no we didn't and and you know what it's it's really hard to kind of go in. i thought we were going to be able to cover a lot of this in in, in a, a very tight time yeah yeah yeah. but it, it really didn't happen that way i mean it's our first time doing it Fair so enough. it's our first one one it's our first one are we going to do director's breakdown uh issue one issue one um <laughs> <laughs> issue number one issue number one uh, <laughs> um if you if you can if charting charting his his director's growth, do you think we're going to see something like another rising moment, another conjuring, or 
Has he peaked? Has he peaked in in like in the Conjuring franchise? And is this going to be a weird decline in his filmography? In your own opinion? In my own opinion, uh, let me just look back at how what he's done. Um, saw his trajectory as a director looks on track. You know, he kind of went off course with Furious Seven and Aquaman. And malignant, you know, mm-hmm. it's a passion project and it's supposed to be camp. Uh, but looks like throughout, like he's been so- solid because I think Conjuring Two was better than Conjuring. Mm-hmm. Uh, Insidious Two went a little back from Insidious, but overall, I think he's been constant. Either way, if he has peaked, it's a good peak because mm-hmm. he started what three franchises: Saw, Conjuring, Insidious. That's three franchises, and he's part of another two, kind of with Aquaman and. And Furious uh, Fast, yeah. So like he's he's been he's had a solid career, mm-hmm. um, and then as a producer, he's produced like a lot of good movies as well. Like um, it's just not in his directing, but if we're just talking about directing, mm-hmm. I think he's on a good pro- project trajectory. Like, mm-hmm. um, and he can only if if he's peaked, he's peaked. But if he, he, I think he still has room. I think I think it's going to be a a minute before we see something come from James Wan that is original and as as impactful in 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 film as the way the conjuring i think was because i mean he he does have aquaman 2 coming yeah and i don't know what else he's got after that but i feel like with aquaman 2 it's going to be a little safe bet that yeah people are going to want to go watch aquaman 2 from for the most part aquaman 1 was one of the best DC movies and he was a part of it he directed it and I think we're not going to see a, a, a very big incline of like whoa this is going to be great it's going to be a very steady just kind of safe building and then it's not going to be for a while before, but we are going to see something where he's going to come out and be like hey this is my original idea my project here it is and it's going to it could blow us away for directing wise I don't think so but he's as uh, he's as um, as a producer, there's something inside of your house, uh, Salem's Lot and Insidious 5, which are all horror movies. Mm-hmm. I want to see. Let me check this one out. Okay, I can't. Oh, it's a Blumhouse production, so most likely another movie, Megan. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure if he's going to direct mm-hmm. something scary soon, but at least he's pr- producing. And yeah. I think that's where I like him better because he's actually produced like a lot of films that are, are scary. And mm-hmm. yeah, and then. Where he's had his hand in the cookie jar and a lot of scary movies, and I, you could say he's like average as a director, but I appreciate what he's done for horror movies so far because he's um, uh, like when I was trying to barely get into horror because you know I wasn't raised with horror movies, mm-hmm. so I was I'm still a scaredy cat. But yeah, Conjuring was one of the first films that freaked me out. Oh yeah, and I couldn't go to sleep uh, just because I'm like I, I put AC on at the night, so I know it's not like a demon; it's just my AC. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I did stuff like that. And so, yeah, um, I got you. Got to give credit to him because he's he's kind of not resurrected horror, so like single handedly. But you know, he's give, he's brought attention to horror. Yeah, and that's he's made it challenging to to make a decent horror film because I mean, it used to be where it's like, oh, it's your first movie, you got no budget, make a horror film. It's it's they're easy to kind of keep scary, and it's easy to do it on a very shoestring budget. Yeah. Not anymore. Not because James Wan. Like he made Conjuring, and it's like that's what everyone expects now from from a simple horror movie. You're expecting Conjuring, 
and also with a low budget because mm-hmm. um, they're like, well, he did this with Saw. You, you, should, you should do it like, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't think uh, film companies do that, but, you know, they're always, you know, they want cheap and to get a lot of box office films. Mm-hmm. That's why Saw was easy because they're always cheap and same thing with Insidious and yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, overall, I like Jim's one. <laughs> Jim's one. <laughs> Just, we love. He's him. number one in my heart. Always. He's number one in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with that, then let's uh, close this episode out. Thank you guys so much for listening. It's been a real pleasure. If you like what you heard, please consider telling a friend. It really helps us grow and get more known by other listeners, such as yourselves. And if you want to follow us on our social media, as you can on Instagram and Twitter at cinema underscore buns. That Z as the last letter of the alphabet. With that, I am Jonah Colazzo. My name is Hoover Ramirez. And this has been another episode of Mini Buns for this week. We'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye.